A potluck to me means like there's no point of view. And so you might get 10 different dishes that just don't sit well together. And it kind of just gives me a lot of anxiety. A true potluck where it's like bring whatever and we're all just gonna eat it is like just so the last meal that I wanna be invited to. This is Taste. I'm your host, Matt Rodbard. Dan Pelosi is the self-proclaimed Italian-American meatball behind the popular social media account and home entertainment mood board, Grossi Pelosi. In this episode, we catch up with Dan to talk about his journey from working at a creative agency to running a mega-popular online food community. We talk about some of his favorite summer and fall recipes and dig into his debut cookbook, Let's Eat. I hope you enjoyed my fun conversation with Dan Pelosi. Dan Pelosi, a.k.a. Grossi Pelosi, a.k.a. my new friend on Instagram. (laughs) Hello. Thank you for joining This Is Taste. Thank you for having me. I'm truly honored to be here. I love seeing your smiling face in the studio. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. It's, it's great. And and we were just talking a little off mic. There's no space. There's it's like a branding choice. It's grossy, Pelosi. Pelosi, one word. One word. What's going yeah. on there? Um, it just makes sense. It feels just like it's it's like a nickname. It feels like it they flow. It rhymes. Grossy Pelosi. Um, a lot of people just call me Grossy, which I love. Um, you can call me sort of anything mom dad those are names I also get but yeah I just like you know I uh, people sometimes ask me if my name first name is grossy yeah cool which kind of blows my mind yeah because um, it would be an odd choice by your by your parents super weird um <laughs> and so I think that the it being sort of one word with the capital p makes it to me it brings it more to like a brand space than like a given name space. Yeah. I think that was kind of why I did it like when I first did it. It makes perfect sense. It's like not a pseudonym, it's like more of an overarching brand. Yeah, identity. it's sort of like a bigger yeah. overarching brand thing or at least it's become that. For a while it was just sort of like social media moniker yep. and very much rooted in like a self-deprecating joke. Um, which I love because it just sort of shakes down all the seriousness that can be in this world. Uh, well said. And and just the references, it's a Drew Barrymore film, right? It sure is. Yeah. Never been kissed. Right. Never been kissed. So the reference, uh, explain that a bit. So the reference is when I was in college, which was way too long ago, Drew Barrymore's Never Been Kissed came out. She is called sort of in the not fun way, Josie Grossi, um, by her, you know, classmates or whatever bully bullied but my friends who were all high and drunk at RISD in college yeah. thought it would be really funny <laughs> to start calling me Grossy Pelosi um, <laughs> as a nickname and me being sort of like a you know a good time gal was like that's hysterical I love it like Grossy Pelosi is so funny so that was like Friendster MySpace <laughs> Instagram Facebook everything was just like you know Grossy Pelosi yeah. was like my handle and then it's just followed me 40, 20 years later to I, I, here. I love that it was that that reference at that time. Yeah. And it's it's followed you, which is like what all great social media totally. accounts say follow it's you just around. It's stuck. And now it's like a brand. Uh, let's talk about Rhode Island. Uh, what is good there for food? I, I don't talk oh. to many folks who have gone to Rizzi or lived in, you know, yeah. over there in well, Providence. So Providence has really good Italian food. They yeah. have like a great uh, North End section bakeries. Um, El Forno is incredible. Yes. One of Ina's favorite restaurants. Right. You're wearing um, the hat. I love it. Yes. That. I'm wearing my barefoot guitar hat. <laughs> um, 
Uh, also seafood. The the coast of Rhode Island is so good for fresh seafood. Um, there's a couple of um, towns there that I would actually drive when I was in college, like Little Compton. Um, yep. And there's some great seafood restaurants, and it's just so beautiful. Yeah, I, I know the coast of Rhode Island is is a little underrated. Yeah. Uh, Maine, yeah. Massachusetts, yeah. Hamptons, they all get the press. Rhode Island's so so tiny, and no one no one talks about her, but I have so many good memories there. And my sister is a professor at Brown, and my niece goes to college there or goes to high school there, so it's just, like, such a great place it's, for me. It's home. Yeah. Well, you're a designer by trade and a cook at heart, and I, I got to ask you, let's get into some of your design background. I mean, I've seen the book and, and photos of you. You've got a really cool aesthetic at your home uh, kitchen, but you, you've you worked in and around kitchen spaces. So, like, straight up, what's the sickest kitchen you've ever been to? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So this is um, – to me, I love, first of all, I love that you said I'm a designer by trade and a cook by heart. I'm like, I'm ready to change my bio across just, the board. So it. thank you. No, no, it, it's clear, obviously. <laughs> um, so thank you for that. Um, I think for me, what would define the sickest kitchen is when someone is able to fully express themselves through how their kitchen functions and is laid out. So I think of people like uh, my friend Molly Boz, whose mm -hmm. kitchen is so stunning. Her husband, Ben, is a very good friend of mine for 15 years, and that's how I know Molly. And her kitchen is, like, entirely butter yellow. It's wide open. She talks about how she wants to be able to, like, entertain and host people, and it's so beautiful. Um, I have a friend, actually, when I was um, – Finishing writing my manuscript, a friend of mine allowed me to go out to his house in the Hamptons mm -hmm. um, to finish the book, which was so nice because we were, like, taking dips in the pool. Ooh, writer's other. retreat style. Yeah. I it love was that. really, really sweet. And he collects these, like, Portuguese, um, like, sort of, like, coffee mug bowls mm -hmm. and has, like, thousands of them. And his kitchen he built to have, like, a shelf that goes around the entire perimeter to just display his whole bowl collection. And I just, like, love the specificity of that to really just, like, kind of – take one part of something that you love and design a whole space around it. Um, I also think about Carla Lally music, who I've been in her, in her kitchen many times. And my favorite thing is you walk into her brownstone and the kitchen is the first thing you see. Yeah. And that's a real my, focal point. And she films there a lot. Yeah, too, yeah. It's a dream. Like yeah. I want to be able to like be <laughs> open the front door and I'm right there being like, would you, can I give you something? Are you hungry? <laughs> it's so cool. I love New York apartments where the kitchen is, uh, you know, greeting you when you're there. Yeah. It's amazing. And her, and she also just has so many great systems and ways of storing yeah. and, and housing things. So not to make this like the Bon Appetit special, but those are some. Nah, kitchens yeah, so, that and I let's go of. back to Molly. I'm glad you brought it up. Her crate and barrel drop. Her collection is really great. I know it's, she's, it's, She's just, she's so freaking talented, and so is Ben. Um, in my former life, I was a creative director, and Ben was one of my designers when I lived in Portland, Oregon, and he's just beyond, beyond talented. I actually stole him from another team when oh, I got wow. to the company. I was like, that guy's going to work for me now. And we've been pals, and they, it just, they're, the combo of the two of them is just yeah. next level. No, and they have a lot of, like, just shared uh, love of aesthetics and food together. I like that vibe. It's really cool. Can't wait for her book to come out this this fall. She, she'll be on the show. Um were you at Wyden or Nike? Were you doing in Portland? I was not. I was like adjacent. I was at a very small design build uh, company, um, and I was brought in to sort of create the creative arm to do brand experiences for Nike, for other brands. Yeah. Um, but what was cool is that we can design it and build it in one sort of company, mm -hmm. which is really fun. Um, and I was there for like three years nice. and probably the most like besides the past three years, probably the most creatively robust period of my life because I was just having so much fun. That you got to to work alongside Nike, but it yeah. was a small shop. Let's talk about Portland food. What do you miss the most? 
Oh my gosh, Portland food. Um, Nung's common guy. Yeah, obviously, like huge. Oh my gosh, huge. Um, and explain the the chicken dish and, and what they're doing there. Oh my gosh, I hope I can explain it correctly. Um, it's like the simplest thing in the world. It's poached chicken. Yeah. It's rice, and then it's cucumbers. You, you said it perfectly. Okay, that's exactly. And it's yeah. a Chinese style chicken. It's or, so I simple. mean, that's the Chinese version, but it's it's yeah. not. But it's boiled and fragrant, and it's just so clean. So good. And yeah, and I would walk there to the food truck all the time. Yep. Um, what else do I love? I've, Ava Jeans opened when I was yep. there, which is so incredible. Um, all I did was eat in Portland. Like it truly was just like, because I wasn't having the best time otherwise. So I sort of just ate. It was uh, <laughs> part of your uh, your fun and your, yeah. your, your, your yeah. blowing up steam with your food. Yeah, yeah. Which, you can, which you can say that about most of my life. But I, it, particularly in Portland, I really threw myself into just sort of enjoying the culinary experience yeah. there. And it's, it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you miss Portland for any other reasons? Um, some people. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. <laughs> you say when you leave a city, you're like, I miss the people. Yeah. It's Portland was like the one time in my life yeah. where I would think I was like truly, um, depressed, which is hard to say. Cause I'm generally a pretty uplifting person, but yeah. I learned a lot. I'm glad I lived there. Cause I learned a lot about me as a person. Sure. Through that time. Yeah. Um, let's talk. No, I mean, I, I like that we talked, tapped into like moving to uh, cities and somebody's not loving yeah. them fully. It's hard. Yeah, and I think we we sometimes are reflecting in the most positive way. I love that city. I love that city, but sometimes cities yeah. don't connect with us. I mean, I haven't been to Portland since I left 10, 10 years ago, but I do want to go back. I think I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> 10 years. Wow. I will be going on my book tour, so. Yeah, you're going to be there. Do you have any plans, like, where you're going to do it at? Um, we're working on it. Yeah, working yeah. on the tour. Well, yeah. your book's out in the fall, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, let's eat. Uh, amazing uh, accomplishment. You uh, shared the physical copy, and there's a centerfold in it. There is. It's truly my proudest moment. <laughs> a centerfold in a cookbook, guys, like really, yeah. really rare. Beautiful. Food is my porn, so it felt correct. It felt correct. <laughs> um, so when did you, be, you know, leave the design world, leave the agency world and become a food guy? So um, I officially left that job in April of 2021 after a full year of doing sort of my full-time job as a creative director and creating this brand of Grossy Pelosi, like truly growing it into like a food um, a food and lifestyle brand, um, which was never the plan. It just happened. It mm -hmm. truly just came from the pandemic, which is wild. Well, you you went viral on video, yeah. like TikTok and, and, and Instagram Reels. You were starting to really create these really iconic and signature yeah. uh, shorts. So, well... The, vo the vodka sauce was kind of the thing. I also think, like, it was a little bit more low-tech than that. I think that, you know, people were home, didn't know how to be comfortable at home. And I was raised in an Italian-Portuguese family where all we did was, like, stock our pantry, cook meals, and talk about the next meal. And I've always created a really beautiful home for me to stay in. So despite all the horrible things that came with the pandemic, it was actually really comfortable for me to not leave the house. And while I was sort of doing that and sharing that, I think a lot of people found me and were like, teach me how to do that as well. Because I've, my life has been, I don't care about my apartment. I don't know how to cook and I want to learn from you. So it was less like TikTok really, some of that, but it was just like sharing good solid recipes and knowledge around how to make a sandwich, how to fry an egg, how to, you know, take 
really simple ingredients to make something good, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And you've really clearly stated, and I love that you did this, that you're not a TikTok guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just don't want anyone to go to my TikTok and be like, what the fuck? No. Um, no, I, no. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, sorry. I mean, I just, I, yeah, I mean, I wish I was like a, I wish I was like a, a TikTok um, I'm sort of like a grandma at heart. Listen, so. I, I, it's a total compliment. <laughs> like, I feel there's too many TikTok-only projects there, and, and I love so many creators on the platform. I'm yeah, on it every day. Amazing, I'm not shading it. I'm just saying yeah. when you look at it holistically that you're, like, into cooking, you have your Portuguese-Italian background, yeah. but and, and you have um, all these levers you can pull, not just one platform. Yeah, I think cool. that like I think it's like the storytelling and the human aspect of it for me that was that has drawn people to me and less like I can cut and edit a video, uh, which I, I wish I, I could do better. And I'm always trying to. But um, I don't know. Static posts always do better than yep. reels for me. <laughs> it's cool. Now, let's get into dinner parties. You yeah. you throw them. You write about it in your book. And yes. uh, so let me ask you first, what are you serving at a dinner party that makes them so legend? I mean, it's always pretty much been about sort of like the Italian Sunday dinner vibe of it all. Yep. So I always tell people it's like, Make a ton of marinara, make eggplant parm for the vegetarians, make meatballs or chicken parm for the people who eat meat. And then really from there, it's like you can prepare all that stuff ahead so you're not stressed out. Marinara gets better over days, right? So make it ahead, freeze it. And then other than that, you just need like a really good salad, maybe some broccoli rabe or some sauteed vegetables and then garlic bread. And like that's a dreamy dinner party. Also, like, I love to host and entertain, and I do like when people stay, but I sort of like when people, you, like, feed people so well that they get a little sleepy and they kind of leave yeah. before, like, 10 p.m. It's great <laughs> to be in bed. It's part of that, like, that yeah. that food coma strategy yeah. Of, yeah. of entertaining. So dinner parties at my house ideally are, like, Sunday at 4 p.m. <laughs> yeah. No, 4 to 10. I, yeah, 4 to 10, and it's, like, mom's tired. So it's family know. style. Family but... style, everything is sharing, and yep. it's, it's really rooted in, like, sort of the family dinners that I had as a child. We would go to my grandparents every Sunday, have dinner, yep. um... It's just, yeah. And it shouldn't be stressful. No, it so, shouldn't be. And yeah. I, I love this take. Such a take. Why is a potluck your worst nightmare? Oh, my gosh. So this is, I don't like being controversial. So if you love potlucks, by all means, keep <laughs> fucking potlucking. <laughs> I just, like, there's two things. There's two things. One thing is, like, I love experiencing other people's point of views around food. I love when someone invites me to dinner and I get to know them, who they are, what they're interested in by sort of like what they put on the table. And I love when it's a complete experience. I'm happy to bring food to your house, but I would much rather just sort of see how you pull off the whole meal and learn and talk about it. So that's kind of like that really gets me excited. I recognize that a lot of people can't throw a dinner party for eight people by paying for all the food themselves and all that. So that's fine. But that really gets me excited. Second thing is, I just think about my stomach and the combo. Yeah. A potluck to me means like there's no point of view. And so you might get 10 different dishes that just don't sit well together. And it kind of just gives me a lot of anxiety. And I'm not talking about like Thanksgiving. Like Thanksgiving, we know oh, I'm happy for that's people. That's our like national potluck. Yeah. Like yeah. bring some Thanksgiving food. Like we get it. But like a true potluck where it's like bring whatever and we're all just going to eat it is like just so 
the last meal that I want to be invited to. Does that make sense? It does. It's a great explanation. And you're not shading. um, It also gives me a lot of gas. Yeah. It's like like, too many different things that maybe aren't cooked properly. I know. The agita is just, (laughs) there's not enough Prilosec in the world for me to deal. (laughs) Um, I love that. Now, um, I have to ask you where you've been going out in New York because I, we have a lot of our listeners are coming to the city this summer, and I you have a great point of view. So where, where have you been going? Okay, so I have to apologize to people who have followed me for a while because these answers are going to be so predictable. But I will <laughs> tell you, I am a creature of habit, which yeah. is part of my family. I complained about it when I was a kid. We would go to all the same places, but now I do that as an adult. Um, so Via Carota is like a dream. Um, Malaparte, Malatesta, mm-hmm. two like sister restaurants in the West Village have great Italian, super easy, super fun. Um, places like Chow Gloria has the best breakfast sandwich and pastries in yep. the city, Brooklyn. Um, I love the sort of like Servo's Hearts um, and the Fly, that family of restaurants. Um, Bernie's in Brooklyn yeah. is great. Um, those are kind of my like go-to meal. I love a steakhouse. I love Keens. I love Gage and Tolner. Um, These are great. And I have to ask you about Via Corrodo. We've had yeah. the, the the chefs on and yeah. for their book. and Yeah, yeah. Their book's so stunning. Really stunning book. Um, it's still good. I I I I I, <laughs> I asked that. Um, Why? No, it's not a shade. It's 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 just it's been so talked about forever. Why does that mean it wouldn't be good? I, it's not about it being not good or okay. good, because um, I've no, I don't go there. But it oh, just, okay. it just, it sucks a lot of oxygen out of the room when I feel like everyone talks about oh, Via But you're really? obviously a fan of it. You go there all the time. Yeah. So I want to hear it from a regular yeah. versus um, like it being on like a media list in airmail, which I feel like okay. it ultimately becomes just name checked. But you're there and you love it. Yeah, and I've been going. I lived in the West Village when I moved here 10 years ago and I was going there then. So I feel like because I, in the same way, same thing, like I love Jack's by Frida because I've been going there for 10 totally, years. Totally, man. And that room, that place, like everyone goes there and everyone's like, I can't believe you go there. And I'm like, it's delicious. Like, I I'm love. sorry that it got a buzz, but like I actually like like it and I know what's on the menu and I'm excited to go And you're kind of saying that about Via Corota a little bit. You're like, well, yeah. Matt, <laughs> stop being a jerk about Via Corota. Well, no, because like I am every, every, every summer, I'm like, when are the um, zucchini sticks coming? Coming yep. back, the sticks, they're not called sticks, whatever they are, yeah. the fried zucchini sticks coming back on the menu of Via Corda. Like, I know what's happening. I know it's dependable. I know they have, like, the salad I want. I know they have um, – I actually never get pasta there. I always get, like, all the vegetables. Um, I don't know. I just know what to expect, and I really like that. And I think that's why I go to a lot of the same restaurants. I do love to try new places. Yeah. But nine times out of ten, I just like to go to a place where I know what I'm going to get. Really cool. I, I'm the same way with French Louis on Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn. I go there. like That's like the place I, I just go to all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I, I haven't been there, but my boyfriend used to be a server at Buttermilk Channel, which is her sister restaurant. Yeah, I used to live right by there. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's, those, that, yeah. those are my guys. So I, Colony I, over there is really good, too. Great neighborhood for restaurants. But I, I think I'm vibing with Via Carota is like your French Louis. And yeah. you know what's on the menu. It's predictable. Yeah. Um, I love it. And... um. I mean, I like that, like, consistency and, like, repetition is great about restaurants. I love – or going to restaurants. I mean, I think they have a buzz for a reason, you know. Yeah. Like, they're – you know, bad restaurants don't get that kind of buzz. It can be sort of exhausting. I do think it is it is fun to be like, oh, Julianne Moore's over there. Like, it, the like, the, you know, 
it's you tapped cute. into that element, which I think is really, really important that it's definitely has a cool crowd. Oh, yeah. And not just cool, but like unique. Totally, totally. Celebrity. And, uh, very much. And and I'll admit to that, too. I mean, that's fun. But I've been going there for long enough that yeah. that wasn't the case when I was going there originally. So let's talk about Let's Eat. What yes. are you saying with the book? I think for me, if I've learned anything over the past three years, like what people want is what I've been doing my whole life, which is like creating recipes that are inspired inspired by my life experience, by my family, by um, my memories. They're really simple. They're really tasty. Um, and they're rooted in kind of like entertaining. Um, so helping people do the simple things that are going to allow them to throw a great dinner party or have a brunch um, and not make things too complicated and also have flavor profiles that are like just kind of classic there's a bit of fun here and there mm -hmm. but i'm a grocery store girl like mm -hmm. i shop at the supermarket mm -hmm. i do love a farmer's market i go to the farmer's market all the time and i do go to specialty stores but there's so many things in the book like i have a whole chapter of sort of homemade sauces toppings and spreads and in every recipe where i call for them i also tell you what the store-bought substitution yeah. is so it's really important for me that people can enter the book at any level um can learn about my family and my story, tell a few jokes, make them laugh. Yeah, there's definitely a good voice in there. It <laughs> yeah. definitely has your personality, obviously. Yeah. You wrote the it. personality, I think, is kind of my it's my differentiator. Um, everyone has a, you know, a, a cacio pepe recipe or a, a vodka sauce. Like, there's so many. The recipes, like, everyone has a version of something that I'm making. Um, and my goal isn't to sort of, like, reinvent the wheel. I just want really good classics and throw a few little tips and fun tricks in while I love, I love uh, your family pasta salad recipe. What makes a great pasta salad? Um, I think there's a couple things. I think obviously like the ingredients, right? Like I think pasta salad should be like salty. They should have some vegetables in them, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if we're going to call them a salad. Um, <laughs> I think South Brooklyn maybe stretches yeah. it sometimes. There's usually just like meat and pasta there. <laughs> exactly. Maybe some I cheese. Mean, mine, my, Pelosi pasta family pasta salad is sort of very meaty. But I think, I mean, I've been making so many pasta salad recipes because people love them. And I think it's a lot about ratios. Um, so I think it's like how much pasta, how much of everything else. Um, and then also the dressing, right? Like pasta is going to soak up the dressing over time. Mm -hmm. So it needs the, the, the pasta salad needs to be like the perfect amount of like wet. <laughs> yeah. If that it, makes sense. No, definitely. I think a too dry pasta salad, like if it's um, a spiral pasta yeah. shape, um, it's like you're just, it's just pasta and it's dry and like, yeah. Or it's just hunks of meat and dry. Totally. So yeah. you need that level of wetness. Yeah. And I, I, I'm so obsessed with like salads not being soggy. So it's a really tough balance. But you always have, you know, you got to take the pasta salad out of the fridge before you serve it. Let it warm up a little. Let the oils kind of like come back to life and then give it a couple stirs and you should be good. Oh, my God. Listener, let that soak in, pun intended. Like Soak in. Bring it out of the fridge at least 30 minutes before yeah. you serve it. Yeah. And it's also probably summer. So it's going to like heat up pretty quick. You don't yeah. want it warm you just want the no. the congealed oils from the dressing to sort of like come back to life toss toss toss, 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 toss. you also don't want um like if if your pasta salad has lettuce in it or arugula put that in right before you serve it okay you have a section about the big italian sandwich and it is the centerfold we, we speak yes. of i love that she's big and she's pervy pervy and <laughs> pervy <laughs> pervy and curvy sandwich in, in, i love that um okay let's talk about dressing i have a take olive oil or mayonnaise or both 
Oh, I'm such a both. Like, if there's one thing you need to know about me, this this sandwich has two different kinds of olives. Like, it's, like, just so stupid. <laughs> um, it has, you know, uh, aioli or mayo, whichever direction you go in. It's got, you know, the vinegar. It's got the Castelvetranos. It's got jardinera. Like, it's got everything in it. The le- You know, it just, it's doing the most. And I'm always happy if people want to reduce a little or add a little, make it their own. But I just think that, like, the Italian sandwich is just such a staple. Um, and as I say in the book, I think I say it serves one to six people. Um, because <laughs> I know you do. It's funny. <laughs> I love it that. It truly <laughs> is an individual experience. <laughs> I mean, so I'm so happy we agree. My take is obviously uh, olive oil, vinegar, and mayonnaise because when you get that a beautiful sandwich and then you you bite into it and yeah. it's only vinegar and a little bit of yeah. olive oil fuck yeah. that man absolutely not you got to get like the condiments are the most important part i mean otherwise Definitely. it's like it's a bunch of delicious ingredients but it's very dry um yeah that was a really fun one to uh, develop and test i will tell you <laughs> so dan we we often don't talk about the last recipe in cookbooks we 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 skim through them we being a podcast host who might not be prepared um <laughs> but we here at this is taste prepare and on page 283 your your final recipe in the book is sabaglione what is it let's give it some shine let's give it its flowers so a couple things about this recipe. One, I think when you're hosting a dinner party, dessert can be an after an afterthought. And I always tell people all you need is like some fresh berries and maybe some whipped cream um, or some ice cream and you're good, even Greek yogurt. But I wanted to create something that felt just as easy and effortless, but maybe just like a slightly more special version of that. And so this is just the creamiest, dreamiest sort of like pile of <laughs> whipped cream, tons of eggs. And by the way, whipped cream is not traditional, but I added in yeah. um, because it is inspired by the um, strawberries and whipped cream um, at the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, I thought you were going to say Wimbledon, but you're like, no, the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> no, the strawberry, the goblet of strawberries whipped cream at the Cheesecake Factory is such an important yeah. dish to me. I love the Cheesecake Factory, but that is my go-to dessert there. It's not the cheesecake. Although I do have a really good cheesecake recipe in the book. Anyways, um, and I actually um, told my boyfriend that I loved him for the first time while eating the goblet of strawberries and whipped cream um, at the Cheesecake Factory. So when I was thinking about how to make a really beautiful Zabayon, which is like cream and egg um, and marsala, I was thinking like, okay, how can I make this like easier for someone at home? Because it can be a little tricky. So we added some whipped cream to it and it just gives it like the perfect texture. So to me, it was like a full circle moment of like the goblet of strawberries and whipped cream, telling my boyfriend I love him, how much I love the Cheesecake Factory, easy, like something you could make ahead for dessert, like Great, great, great. Dan, that's such a that's a sweet story. I love that. Thank you. I mean, and Cheesecake Factory, we've had the executive chef on the show in the past. And yeah. I lo- was it the one in Queens? Um, no, it was the one in Jersey City. Jersey City, and yeah. that one's good. Yeah. So this goblet of cream and berries, that's it. There's nothing it's just well, cream. that's the dessert of the cheesecake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's delicious. I mean, they like I'm sure there's five million things in their whipped cream because it's not just like whipped cream. Pretty, <laughs> that's kind of baller. But yeah. that's kind of why this inspired the my version of the Zabayon. Oh, by the way, Via Corota has an incredible version of this on their recipe. And they're inspired by uh, Cheesecake Factory. It's also inspired by Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jody and Rita love the cheesecake. 
season. They they absolutely they, <laughs> they're going. They, yeah, definitely yeah. they're going to win in in Jersey. I'm sure. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, I just thought like, what is like if my if my go to dessert for years has been like whipped cream and berries or ice cream and berries. Like, what's the what's my take on it in the book? Um, and how could I make? And you could make it ahead, and you just like sort of. And it's just so, so good. And you pile the berries and you pile the zabayon. And the photo in the book is of me and my me and my boyfriend, Gus, enjoying it. Very so, nice. Yeah. It's really um, special. I have to ask you about Ina Garten. Ugh. You are wearing the hat, yes. uh, which is official merch because yes. obviously. Of course. And first off, why do you love her? Second off, do you have a favorite Ina book? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I do love her. And yes, I do have a favorite book. Um, I love Ina because... When I moved to San Francisco after college, it was my first time where I was like sort of like not just sort of cooking all my family recipes and not just eating all my family recipes. I really sort of learned how to cook like American comfort food. And I did it through cooking through Ina's books. I think she does such a beautiful job of taking the staples and the classics of American cooking and also obviously other uh, uh, countries, but and really just like giving you the classics in her way yeah. with her like sort of like hints and her tips and her tricks. She's not doing the like five ingredients that you just would never think should go together, but they do. And then telling you why it's just, it's, and that's not how I cook. I cook in a way that sort of like, is just sort of like the classics, like the easy um, stuff that you kind of crave. And she just does it really well. And that just makes me really happy. And it was, you know, every, so many things in the book are inspired by her and just mm -hmm. in general. And she's also just like the cutest thing in the whole world. Absolutely. Such a kind person. She's she actually so, yeah. bakes cookies for the staff here around oh, really? the time. Like literally brings in cookies and very kind person and, and very, uh, a great, a great uh, author. Just I mean, what a legacy. One time, Andy Baragani, who's a friend of mine, he had done, she had been in the, the Bon Appetit kitchen and she made scones and Andy was coming out to Fire Island to meet me in our Fire Island house. And he brought me one of the scones that Ina had made. And I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> it was really sweet. It was that, delicious. That's yeah. kind of amazing yeah. that it was, she touched the scone. She made the scone. I mean, I mean, I think, yeah. I think no, she, she must have. Yeah. She made it in the kitchen with like one wow. of the chefs. But yeah, it was really sweet. But, um, so she just kind of like taught me how to make American comfort food because yeah. I mean, I think I did that a bunch when I was a kid, but it was really like Italian-American and yeah. Portuguese-American mostly. Oh, and then my favorite book of hers. Oh, my gosh. This is a really tough question. I love Parties, and I love the original. Parties actually is a big— Perfect Contessa, the original? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I really wanted to call my cookbook the Grossy Pelosi cookbook, but it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think my favorite is Barefoot Contessa at Home. It just has all, like, the majority of the recipes that I go to again and again and again, specifically in the desserts section. Yep. She has the chocolate uh, brownies with the peanut butter icing. She has Beatty's chocolate cake, which has the coffee in it, which is— is insane. It was the first time when I was like 24 that I ever put coffee and chocolate together and yep. was like, holy shit. Um, and the peanut butter and jelly bars are so good. And actually, there's a chocolate bar with orange marmalade in my book that's kind of... I love orange and chocolate. It's underrated. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. I also love orange marmalade because it's so like... Um, sour and yeah. not overly sweet. That the her peanut butter and jelly bars inspired the ah. chocolate and orange marmalade bar. But her peanut butter and jelly bars, I've made those five million times. They're so good. So when you meet Ina, which will happen, what 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 do you guys want to make together? I feel like you guys are going to collab on something. I really, I mean, I don't know. I would love to make her a meatball. Yeah. That would be really fun. Yeah, and maybe she would teach me how to make like you know her garlic bread or something simple and effortless. 
but it has a little bit of the Ina touch to it. Yeah, and there would be like 30 gays at the table because I feel like <laughs> that's just our big connective tissue is we're always like, you know, Robert and David are doing the table setting yeah. and Kevin's doing the flowers. And, and Rosie Pelosi is doing the meatball. Well, yeah, because like that's how I live my life. Like I make the food and then all my gays like bring the wine and yeah. set the table and do the flowers. Well, we didn't talk about the wine component of when you do the four to ten because when you cook everything, you get the, you know, everyone's bringing a bottle. It's a great way to stock your house. So that's my rule. If you come to my house for dinner, you bring wine or weed yeah um and that's it some there's a few people who i will be like hey can you bring this dessert or like let's let's just like get some cannolis like it's cool you know like i'll ask sometimes but i genuinely like i genuinely like to do all the food and that's yeah. what i was talking about earlier where it's like the point of view of when someone brings you over for dinner like i love to see their full expression of themselves through how they throw a dinner party because I learn so much but I just you know obviously it's not everyone can do that so it's nice to have sort of like everyone bring something but so Dan on this is taste we ask guests about their discerning taste so to close this interview here is a little rapid fire fast and furious taste check for you are you ready yeah I just don't know how to do a short answer but I'll try I think uh I think you can do it I think we'll, we'll move you along I'll interrupt I'll bust is that in. the goal here no 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 we don't need we can be we can go three hours you know oh, okay good see, yeah Dan Pelosi is like three hours and eight minute podcast uh, that would be a dream that's a, I mean summer road I would trip listen season to that yeah listen I would too all right so what's the best way to dress a salad um I'll, most often I'm making the dressing at the bottom of the bowl and just tossing everything on top. So good. Your favorite cookbook? Um, the um, the River Cafe 30th anniversary book is the most beautiful and delicious cookbook in the world. Okay. And River Cafe in London, have you been? I have been. I've been there once and that is not enough. But I went and then my friend who I went with framed the receipt for me and I have it on my mantle. What a great gift. The best gift. I tell people all the time, it, it made me cry. So special. And of course, their receipt is like art. So it's just like made so much sense. Our friends uh, framed a pizza box from our vacation in Palm Springs Ugh. and it was the best gift. So yeah, thoughtful things like that. Really like, sweet gift. So I love sweet. that. Yeah. All right. So the most underrated New York City restaurant. Um, okay, this is wild, but I, <laughs> I, the breakfast wrap at Lenwich got me through like most of my eight years working in Times Square. And also not because it's delicious, but it's a work of art. And I've been to other Lenwiches. It's not just the one on 40th Street. It's just stunning and so tasty and sets you up for like a really good day at the office. I love that you shout Lenwich. Lenwich doesn't get any press ever. I love and also the hazelnut iced coffee is it's not like a syrup, it's just the bean. It yeah. is so good. It's like a flavored coffee. I yeah. still every time I have like a city day, like I probably will go there after this because there's probably a Lenwich right by. It is so good. Pat, do you go to Lenwich? I where we have one around the corner from our office. You know, I haven't been in a while, but now I think I'm gonna go yeah, today. We, we probably it's, should just go after that. I know. Yeah, there's the uh, the portobello mushroom sandwich okay. I really love over okay. there. It's also yeah. called yeah. Lenwich. Lenwich, it's like, why? And they, we're like <laughs> friends on Instagram, too. They like, we like DM Wait, each stop. Other. Yeah, like they love it. Because I always, I shout them out. And so then yeah. they'll like be like, oh my God. So they're like, they like comment on my stuff. I'm like. That's cool. Yeah. I feel like they got to have some merch. But I'm also like, like, yeah, is someone's name, like in the same way people are like, is your name Grossy? I'm like, is someone's name Lenwich? But I no. guess it's like a sandwich thing. Because it used to be Lenny's, right? It used to be Lenny's. And I think it was like an offshoot of this delicatessen yeah. just to do these like fast casuals. Anyways, everything at nice. Lenwich is good. But the breakfast wrap oof, with the avocado. Oh, my God. It's so good. The most underrated piece of kitchen equipment. Okay. So the, I was thinking about, I was thinking about the one, the, 
what have I had the longest? The magic bullet. My yeah. magic bullet has been with me since I'm 22 and it has not died. I have all the original components and I throw it in my suitcase when I go on vacations because I have a Vitamix. I have other yeah. things that blend, but like the magic bullet will just get you through everything. Dude, I have a ninja that's in the same yeah. shape. We like yeah. melted half of it and it yeah. still works. It's incredible. I still have not 20 years later bought a new magic bullet and I use it all the time. The best cheese. Oh, my gosh. So, as I said, I'm a grocery store girl, so I'm not going to talk about some, like, rare cheese that you can only get in, like, France under a rock. (laughs) I just, like, kind of want pepper jack mostly. Yeah. Amazing. I just want, like, a block of pepper jack, and I want, like, Triscuits. It's, like, great for melting. It's great for just going rip with it. It's it's nice. It's a little spicy. Like, I love when you catch the flake on your tongue. Oh, yeah, definitely a little bit of that spice. so good. Mm. Favorite fast food? Favorite fast food. You could say franchise or you could say menu item or both. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What's my favorite fast food? Oh, I guess, like, it would be In-N-Out. Yeah? Yeah. I would say probably. I mean, I can't pass by In-N-Out. Reflexively, I I would maybe shade that as a Shake Shack guy and an East Coaster, but I recently went to an In-N-Out in California, yeah. and I thought it was good. Yeah. when, I, when before, before we had iPhones, and I was driving my Honda Element around San yeah. Francisco. And with your trio? With, yeah. <laughs> I had the In-N-Out Burger map. Where, like, it folded out Dude. and it told you where every In and Out Burger location was in <laughs> California because there was only one in San Francisco. Yeah. And that was how I would, when I was on road trips, because I drove all over California, yeah. that was how I found. And I was telling my boyfriend this because he li- he lit, grew up in Mill Valley. And we every time we go to a family's house, we go to Shake Shack. And he was just like, You're ridiculous. But <laughs> I wish I still had it. No, I bet you could frame that guy. That'd be yeah, I would love to. I, they probably stopped making it though. Cause, and it was like, th- it folded up to like this big, oh, but it like unfolded. It was like a little small pocket. And I'm sure guy. it had Bible quotes on it or something, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. Mm. All right. On the note of road trips, your favorite gas station snack? I feel like it's probably like a nut. Yeah. Like I. Of the corn variety? No. Although corn nuts are so good. Yeah. It's, this is so boring and I sound like an almond mom. Do you know what an almond yeah. mom is? Um, you mean, yes, I do. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have so many. I, that, I could talk forever about this whole entire topic. But anyways, I think it's probably just almonds. Like I. Like I'll get like a lot of times on um on road trips I um will get low blood sugar so I do keep like Kind bars in my glove yeah. compartment. There apparently there was going around on Twitter Kind bars are good frozen. Oh no way! Did you hear that? Like it was like a thing. On I'm sure that's true. I don't want to hurt my teeth. It, I thought the same thing. I'm like you're asking for a like an eight hundred dollar dental bill. Frozen things don't like I'm never like like great grapes being better frozen like love you for that not happening for me because i have sensitive teeth i'm like i just can't everyone says like the reese's cups are better frozen i don't i disagree you know what i will eat frozen though (laughs) is my chocolate chip cookie dough balls like those don't even oh yeah i just keep those in the freezer dude everyone cookie dough is like is like three quarters of the reason you eat a cookie is to have the dough like who's baking it okay your late night diner order oh uh turkey club no question i am a turkey club like just freak. So good. And a lot of directions to go with the Turkey Club. First question, avocado. No. Great. Uh mayonnaise, heavy, light, medium. 
Spicy brown mustard. Okay, so that is a choice. So I love that. No mayonnaise, spicy no, brown mustard. Sorry, not no mayonnaise. Okay, sorry, good. Um, mayonnaise will be there. You can't stop it, and that's fine. But I always order a side of spicy brown mustard because I like both. Yeah, it's yeah. good to add extra condiments because yeah. that's the death of a club sandwich is not enough condiments. As you said previously, you can yeah. rewind. Condiments yeah. are most of the deal. Yeah, and sandwich. sometimes they'll give you like a little cup of it, and you can dip, dipping the point of the uh, – What about ranch dressing? I am not, I have to say, unfortunately, I'm not a ranch dressing person. East Coast. I will, I'll eat it, but I'm not like obsessed with it. East Coast kid right here. Yeah. That's why. It's okay though. My sister's husband, who was her boyfriend when I was in high school, he put ranch dressing on everything. And I always, I mean, it was great for him. So we always had ranch dressing at home, but I just, it's not for me. Dan, your taste test has been so, so good. Last one, your favorite sandwich in the entire world. I'm so sorry to repeat my answer, but it's definitely the Turkey Club. Now, as much as I have like a crazy sandwich recipe, and I wanted to do a whole chapter of sandwiches in my book, which Ina has in Barefoot Contessa Home. She has a whole sandwich (laughs) chapter. My lovely editor was like, maybe not your first book. But I did get a whole – there's a lot of love for sandwiches. But I do think the Turkey Club generally is – the best sandwich. I love it. Let's Eat is out in September. Grossi Pelosi, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Thanks for letting me talk so much. This is Taste is hosted by Eliza Abarbanel and me, Matt Rodbar. The show is produced by Shalia Harris and Pat Stango and edited by Clayton Gumbert. Theme music by Steve Rydell. Visit Taste online at tastecooking.com And make sure to subscribe to our newsletter for updates on all cool things that are happening.